something like 70 to 80% of women said that someone in their life told them not to lift for whatever reason. And then even like 45% of men said that someone in their life told them not to lift for whatever reason. And so it's so funny because my point in explaining that and like polling them was that um, injuries are far more likely to happen in organized sports or team sports or even something like running. Whereas in resistance training, injuries aren't as common as those. Um, so that was my point. And then people started messaging me the ridiculous things that, you know, their mom or their grandmother who, you know, sometimes, you know, as the world changes, sometimes the older generations don't get hit. Um, but, you know, I was getting all these crazy reasons. So I did that poll to see, and I was, very, uh, I was surprised to see how many men also got the same resistance. So uh, women aren't alone in that fact. Welcome to the Barband Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your guest host, Jake Bully, and this podcast is presented by Barband.com. Megan Gallagher, also known as Meg Squats, is a well-known YouTube personality and strength coach within the fitness industry. Currently, Meg runs her main business, which is a subscription-based training program called Stronger by the Day, and her apparel company, Strong Strong Supply. In today's episode, we talk about a variety of topics, including studying for the CSCS, making strength information digestible for all, and much more. As always, we're incredibly thankful that you're here and you're listening to our podcast, so we would sincerely appreciate it if you dropped the review in the app of your choice. Every month, we pick a lucky listener who's left us a review to receive a box full of Barbin swag. Welcome to the Barbin Podcast. I am joined with Megan Gallagher, aka Meg Squats. Meg, thank you so much for coming on. It's always a joy when we get to catch up, and uh, thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. We've been meaning to do this for a while, but I'm terrible at texting you back. You're not the only one, though. But hey, we finally least, did it. At least I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm I'm guilty too. I think you actually responded last time, and I took like three days to reply. So that's on me there. So I that's I'll okay. The blame. It's like it's like when you text a guy or a woman, and you're like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And then you don't reply, and then a week later, you're like, "Oh, I'm good." You. <laughs> that awkward way. But um, yeah, so I think the focal point of what I want to talk about today is something that I think you do really well and using your platform really well for. And that is creating kind of an inclusivity to strength sports, right? So Stronger by the Day is your subscription program. And I think it's a really cool program because I think you have such a wide, diverse amount of folks that follow it and use it to get stronger and live a healthier lifestyle. And before we really dive into the whole inclusivity aspect, what kind of spurred the idea to start Stronger by the Day and kind of get out that messaging for including more folks into the idea of getting strong and making that a positive versus seeing it as being almost a negative thing in society? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Ryan is my partner, uh, business partner and life partner too. (laughs) So we were working for a while on a much more complicated approach to, I guess, scaling a program. Um, And scaling in that sense, we mean making something that a lot of our audience can partake in. So we wanted to have something affordable and something that was just solid programming to help anyone get stronger. Um, Because since 
you know, in the past five years, I've had a following that has grown so much. There's so many different people watching what I'm saying and learning from me or just, you know, following on Instagram for fun. Um, I wanted to make sure that we were able to serve those people. So originally we had an idea to make a much more complicated, customized option that was still in a sense automated. Um, But then, you know, as we were working on that, we kind of learned that like the average person just needs to lift and utilize progressive overload and have a balance to the movements that they're doing and also frequency to the movements that they're doing so that they can get better at them. So those were the pillars that we were even trying to incorporate with this much more complicated version of Stronger by the Day. And as we were building that, we started to realize that a lower barrier to entry just made more sense for our following. And Stronger by the Day was born. There were definitely other, um, I guess, social media influencers doing something similar with like a team program. Um, So we decided to go that route. And I'm so glad we did because it's been such a huge, huge success. And I think it's something that is such a low barrier to entry in many ways that people really advance can still benefit from the program, but complete beginners can also benefit from the program. So, yeah. That's awesome. So when you're talking pillars and when you guys decided to kind of keep it a little bit more simplistic with the approach, do you remember what sparked that and maybe like the motivation behind that? Because I definitely agree that most folks just need to lift and follow a consistent program with progressive overload. Like what kind of changed the tide? Well, Ryan was working with developers to build it on the, on the back end. And it honestly came from a technical frustration with building it. And, you know, I felt like we were just wasting time yeah, in a business sense, but also wasting time that we weren't serving anyone by sitting on it. And I wanted to get something out there so that we weren't just... At the time, we were still coaching clients for higher prices and doing more one-on-one technique coaching for maybe more serious lifters, more advanced in the powerlifting world. And we just got to the point where I was like, we're not helping anyone by sitting on this. Um, And of course, we weren't making any money by sitting on it from a business perspective. So it was a good combination of having enough business sense and having enough kind of sense to bring us back to our mission, which is to get more people involved in strength. And, you know, it luckily, it was so frustrating to continue that product project. And it was wasting so much time that doing something much more approachable from building the building side of it and also approachable for the client side um, just made sense for us. Got it. I think something that I think is really cool too about Stronger by the Day is the community feel of it because everyone's following the same program almost. It's like everyone can then lean on each other and talk about the week and be like, oh, this week sucks. Like there's so much volume or like, oh, this deload is really nice. How Mm -hmm. has that kind of helped you understand the strengths of Stronger by the Day when it comes to community-based approaches towards fitness? Well, I think that's always been a huge part, whether on my page or on my YouTube channel, or now I have 
like my own kind of private gym, but that's the kind of environment we want to create is that everyone's welcome regardless of strength level. So obviously that takes some programming insight with auto-regulation and teaching lifters RPE and helping them understand their top sets and how to auto-regulate the program that everyone is getting for their experience. Um, So it does take some teaching uh, but I think that's great because the more people know, the closer that they can kind of get. And it is exciting when people are comprehending more complex strength uh, applications. And yeah, when they, you know, we all connect via Facebook group, people in my comments, whenever I address Stronger by the Day members are always in there, um, even when it's not in our group. And it is cool to see how close everyone is. Um, and you know, they celebrate each other's wins, which is exactly the kind of gym that I guess I grew up in when I first started lifting. Um, so the reason my company is called strong, strong friends is because I probably wouldn't have continued lifting if it weren't for the friends and relationships that I made in the gym that I was lifting at. So I did want to put that on online because as I started talking about my gym, earlier on in my career, I realized that not every gym is that way. Not everyone feels welcome. Not everyone feels like everyone else is friendly. So I did want to have my little corner of the internet be a place where it was really about strength and friendship. Awesome. So when it comes to the community-based approach to it and stuff, what are the demographics like? Have you noticed like it's a varied community or what are the demographics of Stronger by the Day? I'd say, um, the, it's surprisingly, well, I guess this isn't surprisingly, it's mostly female. I'd say it's about 80% female, 20% male. So we do try to continue to be inclusive for our men a lot of times. And even my company mission is to get a barbell in every woman's hands. Um, and so I find myself at times trying to become more inclusive. And as our world is changing, of course, um, you know, my mission isn't just to get the barbell in women's hands. I also have to think about people who necessarily don't identify as women um, or in between the spectrum of male and female. So I think those, like our world is changing and I'm personally trying to learn more about how I can adjust my language to increase inclusivity. Um, But we do have a pretty, uh, uh, or like, I guess, ideal client avatar is a woman who's over 25, usually we get the 25 to 35 range Range is the most common. Um, a lot of times we have moms in our group, which is really exciting. And yeah, it's, it is an audience that is growing in age with me. Um, and I think they relate to me in many ways because of the age factor. Um, and I think trying to think of how else I can describe her. Um, But yeah, there's still a mix of people. I think there is a lot of diversity in experience when it comes to lifting. So you do see former power lifters in there a lot. A lot of people who were my one-on-one clients from five years ago are still in the group and still run. We do give them extra discounts so they don't have to pay the full $8. (laughs) But it is cool to see people that I've watched progress over time and compete in powerlifting meets and consider themselves and be very serious lifters in a sports sense now running stronger by the day. Oh, that's awesome. So something you said in there is really interesting to me and that's 
how you've progressed over the last few years when it comes to building your business, building your community and building the following that you've had who are now growing with you. Um, to your statement where it's like, you want to get a barbell in every woman's hands, right? When you first started training, did you notice any trends when it comes to that ideal with the general public versus now? And do you have any thoughts on the complexities of some, I guess, the societal norms behind the logic of like, oh, barbell training is not for everybody. It's just for the dedicated power lifter or like the macho bro in the gym. Like, how do you navigate that? Because I feel like it's definitely had to have been like an ever-changing process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, to be honest with you, I do now live in a sheltered environment now because it's one that I've created where everyone I know knows what I do. Um, but when I first started, you know, I did experience and I think everyone who first gets interested in lifting, um, men and women do experience some cultural or societal pressure to not lift. I just talked about this a little bit on my Instagram stories and did polls. And I think something like 70 to 80% of women said that someone in their life told them not to lift for whatever reason. And then even like 45% of men said that someone in their life told them not to lift for whatever reason. And so it's so funny because my point in explaining that and like polling them was that um, injuries are far more likely to happen in organized sports or team sports or even something like running, whereas in resistance training, injuries aren't as common as those. Um, so that was my point. And then people started messaging me the ridiculous things that, you know, their mom or their grandmother who, you know, sometimes, you know, as the world changes, sometimes the older generations don't get hit. Um, but, you know, I was getting all these crazy reasons. So I did that poll to see, and I was very, uh, I was surprised to see how many men also got the same resistance. So, uh, women aren't alone in that fact. Um, but yeah, it was eye opening because I do live in this kind of sheltered life where I'm talking about strength all day, every day. And I do forget that when I first started and a lot of the women who are, you know, and men who are interested in getting stronger do experience a lot of like social pressure, not to better themselves and not to lift. Um, so with that, I have made a lot of videos to help educate the general public on why lifting is so important for women's health. Um, things to consider like in this conversation, um, you know, one of the big concerns was prolapse of, uh, the pelvic floor. And that is a concern, you know, maybe you lifting a dumbbell isn't going to cause prolapse in that way. Um, but it is a concern and it is a reason to continue talking about women's health and lifting and how they go hand in hand. Um, so, you know, I'm always considering how people are feeling comfortable in the gym too, and how they can have more conversations about why they're doing it. Um, to motivate them and also help those conversations. I really like that. Do you have, so kind of going off of that, do you have any tips for, let's call it like the beginner, it doesn't matter, man or woman, who is getting that outside resistance when they start training? And let's say they haven't found their community yet, right? So they haven't joined a Stronger by the Day. They haven't found their niche of what they like to do most. And they're getting all this pushback. 
Do you have any tips for, I guess, internalizing motivation to continue doing that or having conversations with the people who are giving them pushback? Because I think that's really tough, especially for a beginner who is having, let's say, somebody close to them be like, oh, you shouldn't be doing that to continue doing it, right? You Mm -hmm. have to have a very strong intent to continue. Do you have any tips or experiences with folks that you've worked with before that have shared stories about dealing with that? Um, That's a really good question. I think in that case, knowledge is power and being able to talk about and understand why you're doing something is important in helping other people understand it. Um, And, you know, my best advice would be to try to just have a conversation and realize that some people will never understand, um, you know, set boundaries in your relationships. Um, but also remember that the number one reason for getting strong is for your overall health. Um, it helps your bones get stronger, which is especially important for women. It fights brittle, brittle bone disease and osteoporosis. Um, it improving your proprioception and balance and coordination will help you later in life. So I think when you come back to the overall health benefits that you can get from him, from it, maybe that is a case for helping other people understand. Um, yeah, so knowledge is power, but unco- unfortunately, when you're first starting and experiencing, you know, you're not just getting resistance on what you're doing and if whether or not you should be doing it, you're getting people who want you to lift telling you to do 80 million different things as well. Um, so yeah, it is kind of a tough spot to be in, but try to find a community if you can, cause that is really what I've always leaned on. Um, and understanding my own goals and what I wanted to do as well. Do you have any tips for those who might be looking for a community, but don't know where to start? Like, do you have, um, like, is it like, should you look for a community that has a similar goal? Should you look for a community that has a similar skill level? Should you go off of like feeling of what you are perceiving of a community that you have found? Like, do you have any tips there? Yeah. I mean, I've always said that I think barbell gyms, powerlifting gyms and weightlifting gyms are great places because although you're not jumping in there with people at your skill level, if you're feeling confident enough to learn from others, that's a great place to get miles ahead of where you'd be otherwise. Um, the, you know, that was what was so great with when I started lifting. Um, a lot of people were doing their first meet and uh, some other lifters had already competed several times in the sport. So I got to learn from the lifters who had more training age and I got to also kind of uh, bond with people who were competing for the first time. So it was, um, I do recommend trying to find some sort of barbell specific gym, even if you're not interested in powerlifting competitively. Um, it is just a great place to be around people who are so focused on technique and form and programming that you'd be able to learn a ton rather than being the sole person that's deadlifting at your 24 hour fitness. There's nothing wrong with that, but it is nice to be around other people who understand what you're doing. So outside of like finding that Per, like find that gym. So like, let's say for example, where I'm at right now in Missouri, my parents, there isn't a barbell gym that's closer than like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So if I was looking for a community, let's say online and I had a home gym, do you have any tips for navigating the like endless outlets? Cause I feel like there are just so many communities that it can almost be overwhelming. 
Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for kind of just put, maybe putting the feelers into different communities and seeing which vibes best with you? Because it's a little bit easier to do in person, I feel, as opposed to just perceiving what people are putting out there. Absolutely. I'd look for, you know, there's so many articles out there and usually those articles or those videos do have a community attached to them. So honestly, follow your favorite YouTuber or Instagram person or social media influencer, whoever. Um, And a lot of times coach certified coaches are social media influencers now, which is great. Um, Follow them and see you know, what their community is talking about. And if you can really connect with a certain tone of voice, try to follow that down the rabbit hole. So I know now there are a lot of uh, communities for more, I guess, uh, for minorities now. Um, You you know, you have um, communities that are actively trying to serve a very specific person, which is great because then it continues to make everyone feel welcome in their own group to where, you know, they feel comfortable. They know that people can relate with them in that group. Um, So I'd recommend, you know, trying to find information. Um, You're not going to love every coach's tone of voice, I guess. And you're not going to love every coach's... uh, Some coaches are dry and all about the science, which is great in many ways. uh, But some maybe you need someone more like me who makes it very, tries to make it very approachable. Um, So it all depends on what you're looking for and um, really who you connect with. I think, you know, the cool thing about the internet is that you can then go down a rabbit hole and hopefully continue to find more things that you're connected with. I love that. So it's like prioritizing what you want most, seeing who is putting that out there and then like almost reverse engineering it, Mm -hmm. like looking into what they've built who's following it. And then maybe even reaching out to folks who are following their program or within the community and asking them questions. Because I think a lot of coaches can be a little bit hard to reach at times. So I really like that. It's really cool like that you can reverse engineer it almost and do a ton of research in a little time and figure out probably if it's a good fit or not for you. Um, Absolutely. So when it comes to next missions for getting barbells in everybody's hands, what's next? Like, What do you think needs to happen in the industry to help push the inclusivity further? Because I feel like if you ran those polls when you first started, those probably would have been a lot more drastic. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's been really cool to see the strength sports industry, I think, transform and get a little bit more mainstream in the sense of how just the general public perceive strength sports and the people who are deemed as hardos within their communities. Um, what, do you have any ideas of what needs to happen next to continue the idea? Because I think education is continually evolving, but what else, like when it comes to social media could help folks not have necessarily a poor perception or feel Mm -hmm. like it's not for everybody? Well, I think still, uh, one thing that we're actually working on is a new, we're calling it an intensive that might be ambitious. Um, but I feel like there still is a little bit of a disconnect between the person who trains only with free weights or machines and then someone who's barbell training. Um, there's like a big confidence step that you need to overcome before you can finally get there. And although a lot of people do help with that, I feel like there's not like a plan or a program. Uh, so that is one of the things that our team is building to really help 
someone who's complete noob get to intermediate level uh, with guidance? I went to intermediate level in training age and I guess strength, um, but I didn't know what I was doing the entire time. And I'm sure I could have had a far better progression if I had a more clear path to follow. Um, so, you know, we've tried our best to make our program as approachable as possible, but we're still, we're still missing something with getting people who are afraid of the barbell or like not quite ready uh, in there and, you know, overcoming that kind of confidence hump. I love that. I, I, that's difficult. Like, I'm just like thinking back to when I started, like going to my like first gym experience like i would like i was like strong and athletic growing up right i played hockey but like when i'm going to my community gym and i didn't know how to barbell back squat, i'd be like fuck that i'm not going to that i'm not going to that (laughs) rack with all these big guys it's that's tough i really like that and i think that is a very interesting aspect that a lot of people miss especially we see some of these very big name coaches for example who are big in barbell sports but i think they sometimes take for granted that not everybody is ready to perform what they're doing or follow the programs they're doing because there is such a bigger mental aspect at play there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Wow. That's a big question. I didn't want to like task you with that because I don't know if we could solve that question in this little time frame we have. Definitely not. It's a, definitely a work in progress too. And we're lucky enough to be able to work with other very smart coaches to help make sure that we're covering all our bases with that program and that task. Um, But I think, you know, when I first started and I was specifically coaching for platform coaching, so I was specifically working with power lifters to get them to their first or future meets. And um, I had a seminar and I was doing a seminar tour that was focus on power lifters. And so I was already working with people who were at, at a more advanced level. And then I did a fundraiser, um, fundraiser, uh, seminar and donate all the, all the, um, what's the word, all the payments that we got right. from the attendees, uh, straight to the host. And so we had a more diverse group and, that was a point where, you know, people were, I realized people who were following me and interested in what I was doing and interested in health and fitness, um, don't yet know how to hip hinge or how to squat with just a kettlebell or with no weight at all. Um, so that was kind of the first, um, and that was years ago, the first kind of interest in wanting to dial things back a little bit and not be so hyper-focused in, um, you know, teaching someone how to best maximize their arch on the bench press. Um, you know, that's interesting conversation to have for me, but if my goal, you know, I always come back to the mission is to get more people involved in barbell training. If that's goal, then I need to teach people more basics. Yeah. So I actually want to talk about something with that. I think it's a difficult to find coaches that walk both ways, right? So I think you're unique because you can talk the talk with more advanced topics, but also circle back and be inclusive for the beginner. So I'm curious on your thoughts on how, as as the industry as a whole, we can better approach the logic of, to your point of like the intensive of getting folks comfortable with just moving more and just trying out different movements. And I think understanding that when you're a beginner, 
your form is going to be crap and it's okay. It doesn't lead to an instant injury. It just leads to being a little bit more proprioceptive with how you move and how you adapt. So I guess my, my, my question for you in this roundabout spiel of words is what is the conversation that needs to happen next when it comes to helping bridge the gap between, I think, the more serious coaches who, let's say, talk shit on some of the more basic people who put out like that slide workouts on Instagram and so forth, and the folks who are more trying to hit to the general public for the advanced coaches? Like, Where can we meet in the middle? And what's that conversation that needs to be had? Because it's I think it's always a tough thing to talk about because like at the end of the day, like I think the example that comes to my head is the barbell back squat, right? It's a fantastic movement, but it's not the only squat variation that will get you strong and get you moving in the right direction. And that's, I think the conversations that need to be had when it comes to bridging that gap is understanding and knowing that there's a middle ground. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on where that conversation could even start? and helping each side see each other's point? Hmm. Well, unfortunately, a lot of the, I guess, Jim Hardos or, you know, coaches that look down on other types of movement. I mean, I've been that coach before. I've been that athlete before where I think I have it all figured out and I'm just not experienced enough to see different sides of things. So I mean, I guess we can find solace in the fact that someone critiquing a movement that like a sliders workout, which is so hard, like those sliders are so difficult. Um, and I think people who have been forced to train at home lately have learned that very quickly. Like a slider hamstring curl is something that we had programmed yesterday. And that's like the hardest movement that we have in that entire week of programming for me, at least <laughs> maybe that says a lot about my own hamstring strength, but, um, you know, I think, you know, you can find a kind of be, uh, when you s- see someone who has such disdain for a particular choice that you made or a particular style of exercise that you prefer, um, then, you know, you can just kind of be happy knowing that that person's most likely an idiot. And the fact that they can't understand why you would want to do something, whether it be for a, uh, strength reason or just a preference reason. Um, you know, what are you going to do about people like that? I still think there's, um, you know, I guess, uh, sorry, I feel like I've lost my train of thought. Um, I don't know if that answered your question at all. No, No, you said it a lot more eloquently than I did because I, it's such a big topic and it's so hard, I think, to accurately convey in a few sentences that it's difficult to discuss. It's like the, it's like the two extremes, right? Like how do you argue with somebody who is not even willing to see the bigger contextual picture of what's happening? Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of an issue with why a lot of people get intimidated because you see some of maybe these more like idolistic strength athletes who do talk shit on other movements and other ways to lift. And it's like, it's intimidating. It's like, well, they don't think that's cool. So that's definitely not good then, but that's not really helping anybody at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important for folks who are in that middle ground to understand that there's always a bigger picture and there's not just one way to do it. Um, yeah, we're talking in a circle right now. With yeah. this topic. Oh my goodness. But no, but I know what you mean. And there's definitely different uh, camps even within that where, 
you know, certain strength coaches think one way and then others think the other way, whether that be for form or programming um, and so on. You know, there's so many things that we can disagree on, but I would hope that the average coach, the average good coach um, and personal trainer always comes back to, I want to do whatever I can to get my clients healthy. And I'll even say like, there's maybe some snobbery in my own mission, which is to get a barbell in every woman's hands. Um, I mean, you know, I like barbell training and that's what I specialize in. That's what I can really help people in. But if, if you don't want to, you can sub all the barbell movements for a kettlebell and I'd be just as happy that you're doing that and here and training. So, um, you know, you can, you hopefully all people are in this business because they want to help people get, stronger and healthier um yeah. crossing our fingers on that one <laughs> yeah we hope we hope yeah yeah no i mean that's totally what i meant by that and it's it's an interesting topic to say the least and it's like it's funny like i feel like as you grow as a coach you begin to see the bigger picture more and more because like when i started like i was so into powerlifting, and i would like look down on anybody who didn't barbell train or didn't do squat deadlift bench me too and now it's like I love like, obviously the barbell is like the focal point of my coaching, but equally, like if I have a client who's like, I don't like the barbell squat, I I'm like, that's awesome. Let, let's figure out some variations, to get you stronger. Right. It's like seeing the bigger picture. So I really love that. Um, like as you've grown too, it's like the bigger picture is only becoming more and more clear to you, mm-hmm. but I think that's all we got for today. I appreciate the time, Meg. Um, where can people follow you? Where can they find you? I know we've talked a lot about your program, Stronger by the Day, <laughs> plug, but where else can we <laughs> follow you? <laughs> um, yeah, you guys can follow me. I'm found most places on the internet at Make Squats. So mostly on YouTube and Instagram. I post a lot of workouts, technique tips. Um, I'll post a lot of you know training with myself. Right now, I'm starting to train with my eight-year-old brother. So that's been an adventure that I'm sharing with. Um, I'm also studying for the CSCS exam. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, that's not an easy one. My, um, my buddy from college, so not to scare you, but my buddy from college, right? And he's probably going to hate that I'm mentioning this, has taken it three times and has missed it every single time by one question. No. So I am confident that that is not going to be you. Don't worry. It's 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 not as hard as I think it's as people perceive it as uh it has a 56 percent pass rate so it's pretty hard <laughs> yeah i don't know um, i'm trying to be motivational i guess I no know. it's okay i'm i'm trying my best to prepare myself uh with every material that i can um but you know i of course i have other personal training certifications and certifications for helping power lifters specifically um but this is i feel like the 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 best one to get so and if i'm going to start you know, training with my little brother and considering training with youth athletes, I want to make sure that I have this one specifically. So, uh, I am starting to share some of, you know, what I'm learning on my stories. Um, so if there are any other coaches listening that are interested in taking the test, maybe you might find something helpful on there, but so far I've been taking my practice tests and I'm failing them too. So no, don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> well, I'm just taking quizzes right now yeah. through an app that I'm using. Um, and so the exercise science portion of it does have other subjects that I haven't yet covered. Um, I finished chapter two so far, gotcha. but the reason, the reason I told Instagram was so that I would continue 
with my studying yeah. because I've tried to do this study for it several times and always gave up after chapter three or something. Yeah. So. The social accountability is good. Um, which app are you using by the way? Um, I looked at the CSCS, uh, I had originally the CSCS pocket prep, I think they call it, yeah. but they recently updated that to this fitness prep app, which is pretty helpful. Gotcha. Um, and I can organize my quizzes that I'm taking by subject. So right now I'm just focusing on the exercise science bit since I think that'll be the one that I struggle with mostly. Um, yeah, here, let me show you my, um, my stats, 60%, <laughs> but, uh, you know, today I, um, yeah, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying my best. Yeah. That's all we, that's all we can do. Oh, I was going to, I was actually going to say like the pocket prep app, like helped me immensely. And I did the same mm -hmm. thing where I limited the subject because when I started, I was like, I was just, I was still in my master's program. And I was like, Oh, how the fuck am I failing this? Like, am I like, what the hell? So it was like just re repetition, repetition, repetition mm -hmm. with it. But well, I don't envy that for you right now, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, well, thank you so much for the time. It was a pleasure. I always love catching up the next time we chat. I want to talk more about the CSCS and training youth athletes. I think that's a hot topic that needs a lot more discussion around it, but thank you so much, Meg. Yeah. Thank you.